Hey guys, welcome to The Real Shit with Brit and Wit. This is Whitney. And this is Brittany. And last week we talked about how people get to the point of wanting a divorce, to the point of a relationship ending. Uh, we had Whitney open up about her affair that she went through that ended her marriage. We got a little deep there. And this episode we really want to talk about now, when you are to that point and you both decide or one person leaves the marriage or it's not working out, even if it isn't a marriage, your relationship's not working, we want to talk about the process now. And let's say you're going through a divorce. We want to talk about the things that that kind of entails, the emotions that come with it, the actual things you're dealing with, like, you know, sharing the kids, fighting over things, legal process. Yeah. Splitting up assets, all of it. We want to cover all of it. Even the emotions. If you're not married, not everybody listening here is married and going through a divorce. Uh, and so even if you're in a relationship and it's just not working out just because you're not sharing kids or, you know, maybe you have to share the cat. Maybe you have to... Exactly. Well, breaking up is hard no matter what the situation is, right? Yeah. And you're going to have those emotions still. Everybody oh, has absolutely. the same emotions. So we want to talk about all of that tonight. And so we're going to start well, with I kind think, of... Go ahead. Yeah, I think one, one thing to also that we want to talk about is why people stay in yeah. relationships that aren't great. That's a huge one. You know, I think we... Did we talk about that last week? I can't remember if we touched on that or not, but... Um, Maybe a little bit. Maybe just a little bit with, I don't, I don't, I don't fully know exactly if we, I think we more just kind of touched on <laughs> so last week. What happened was so last long week? Ago. It was so long ago. I think maybe we touched on more of, uh, maybe our personal for a second, why we stayed. Why we stayed so long. Yeah. Like us, but in general, why people stay, there's so many reasons. There is a lot of reasons to stay in a shitty situ- situation. Okay. I think some of the biggest ones, at least for me. So I, I feel like I have my own personal reasons why I stayed in a marriage that wasn't the greatest. And then I have so many, I don't want to say so many because that sounds like terrible, but really I have quite a few friends or relationships or experiences of other people that I've known and kind of their stories of why they've stayed. And so that's where we're going to kind of pull all of this from today. Uh, kids is a huge one. If a lot of kids. people stay for their kids. A lot of people stay Which for their kids. Which we did talk about, I think, last week. I don't know. Anyway, Britt and I both agreed that's never... If you're just staying for the kids, it that's not a good reason to stay. No, here's how I look at it. Especially in my experience in my previous marriage, my kids knew that that was like... I don't necessarily want to say a hostile environment because they weren't in danger. It wasn't anything like that. But they knew like mom and dad are fighting. Mom and right. dad don't really like each other no kids are perspective perceptive oh my gosh I can't speak to you guys I'm so sorry um no they pick up on all of that they know they're well aware no matter how hard you try to hide what's going on kids will pick it up they do they are smart little buggers honestly even I feel like there are times where even if you're you think you're hiding an argument or there's contention in your relationship or anything like that they seriously still know they do even if something didn't happen in front of them it especially if they're more you know older of age they know they do I feel like they can pick up on the tension in the house they can pick up they they know what's going on so staying for the kids I don't think is ever a good enough reason to stay they're not learning what a healthy relationship is they're not seeing that between you and your spouse it's not a good enough reason to stay well what's happening is they get to a certain age when they are older And it's funny because I do, I feel like I do know certain situations and friends that stay for the kids and, or even people that are older and their kids are now teens and their kids kind of turn around and are like, yeah, I wasn't an idiot. I knew you and dad freaking hated each other. You slept in different rooms. It's like, you know, or the kids that are saying, no, my parents are still married, but I wish they were divorced because they'd probably be happier. Oh yes. That is, that is an actual thing for sure. And so you're not fooling anybody. And then or you stay for the kids. And like you said, they're not learning a healthy relationship. I mean, there are, there are kids who it's like, oh, I, I never saw my mom and dad even touch or kiss when I was younger. You well, know, exactly. Or, and then how do you expect them to have a healthy relationship when they yeah. haven't ever seen one? You know, I always say, because this was something I personally beat myself up over really bad when I, especially being through two divorces. Okay. My oldest daughter, right? She was 
you know, it was her dad that the first one was. And then she kind of saw the second one as well after how many years. And I beat myself up over that. Like, what am I doing? I'm a terrible mom. What kind of an example is this? Am I ruining her? I mean, those were thoughts that were like super huge in my head. Am I ruining her? But here's how I look at it, right? My daughter, she, my oldest, she really saw a lot more of the bad. Mm -hmm. And we've been really open about this and we've talked about it present time in life. And I think because I've been a stable parent and dad has been a stable parent at the same time, even though we're apart, right? she's turning out just fine. Right. Exactly. They do. Yeah. When they have a stable situation, no matter if it's two parents or one or whatever, they're going to be okay. And and so I beat myself up a lot over it, right? In the beginning thinking, what is going on? What am I doing? But I, my one thing, my, both my exes and I say, we're actually so much better apart for our kids than we are together because we were so hostile together and it was so terrible. At least now they can see, oh, mom and dad are pretty chill and talk to each other and they're They're friendly. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody has their irritations. I mean, that's a whole nother... (laughs) story of on a blended, blended topic, family right? yeah but for the most part I feel like it is yeah staying for kids is it's a tricky one a lot of people do it but it is tricky because you I mean like you were saying you weigh the pros and cons of am is staying the best choice for my kids or is leaving the best choice for them or it's hard it and as a parent you you do wonder is leaving is leaving a relationship or leaving the marriage going to wreck them more than we're already wrecking them? Is it going to do more damage? Because for so long, I feel like there was so many articles and statistics out there saying, you know, kids did better in a two parent home than a, than a single parent home, which I don't necessarily think that that is true. I, I don't, I don't think I, I have not looked up any of those studies, but I, (laughs) I don't think that that's, a true statement anymore. I think there's a lot more data out there showing otherwise, but kids will thrive as long as you're giving them a good situation to thrive in. I agree. So I don't ever think that that's a great reason to stay. Although people do it all the time. Yeah. Well, I think it's hard. I think, I think, you know, I've had some instances where I've had, you know, friends really open up to me about that's what's going on. And you know, at least until they're 18 or they're out of the house or, you know, but here's how I look at that even, right? Why would you personally want to stay that unhappy and miserable? Because listen, I truly believe my ex-husband and I stayed in our marriage way too long, right? Right. And I Mm -hmm. look at that and think, oh my gosh, how could I have gone another 10 years? You know, really? Because you're almost wasting your life and, and well, you are, and you're, you're wasting your happiness as well, really. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, I got my kids up and raised and out of the house, but then what you just wasted maybe 10 years or however long where you could have maybe found that person that was better for you and had some of those years, you know? Yep. So it's, it's, a, it's definitely a tricky, tricky situation with kids, but I think we both agree that at least personally. Yeah. If that's the only reason that you're sticking around, it's not a good enough reason. Yeah. I don't think. And then what about money wit? That's a big that one. That is a big one yeah. as well because I personally know a few people that stay in marriages that aren't great because they don't know that they can make it on their own. Yep. I think especially being a woman. It, those are exactly. That's especially everyone that I know is a woman. And I'm sure that there's some men out there that are in the same situation, but I feel like it's very typical. Yes. Of women. Way more on the woman side. And I think especially if you are a stay-at-home mom. Yes. That makes it very terrifying. Yeah. Oh, I know for a fact I was kind of in that situation where, I mean, our, our relationship wasn't the best anyway, but it definitely was a thought in my head. Okay, just try to work this out. What the hell are you going to do by yourself? What yeah, are you going to do by yourself? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been a stay-at-home mom for X amount of years at this point, eight years at this point, um, I put my career on hold to have kids. So what the heck would I even fall back on? And that was definitely a thing. It's like, okay, I, in my head, in the misery, I was always calculating, okay, this is what I could possibly get for child support. Okay. Alimony. Okay. If I went and worked part-time, I was always running scenarios through my head all the time, 
of like, how could I go do this? How could I go do this on my own? And it was so scary. Plus I lived in the big, beautiful home. Yeah. Right. I had the big flashy diamond ring. I had the husband who, you know, entrepreneur starting a, a, a company that I knew was going to go somewhere. And so in my world, it, there was also the fears of like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be this like struggling, you know, waitress out there of a mom. Maybe my kids are going to have to be in daycare sometimes. And he's going to go be this loaded individual. And yep. those were always thoughts that he's going to go off, be Disneyland dad, and we're going to be living in a closet somewhere. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So it is, it's a huge, it's a huge It one. is. And it's absolutely, it is terrifying when you're a woman who, especially if you've stayed at home, um, I've always worked, but even when I was working, when I was married to my first husband, it wasn't, I wasn't making a lot of money. And especially yeah. after I had my daughter, I went to part-time. So even when the realization hit that we're, you know, we were going to get divorced and, and he had just started a new job. And so he wasn't making a lot of money. So I knew I wasn't going to get a lot in child support. And since I had worked, I wasn't going to get alimony. So it was just kind of then, okay, how are we going to survive? And luckily yeah. I have family where I live. So I was able to move in with family because. Oh, so that's, that's a huge thing. For it was a huge blessing and bonus for me. Yeah. It was. So I'm from the East coast and I have no family here. So when I went through my first, uh, divorce, I was so young. I mean, 21 years old, literally had nothing to my name. Um, my ex in that situation did get to move back with his parents and I was kind of just on my own. And a lot of my family was like, you get back here, you fly back here with that baby. I'm sure. Yeah. But here's the deal. You guys, no matter what happened in that relationship, no matter what he did me wrong for, he was a great dad. And I didn't grow up with a dad. So there was a part of me that was like, even though I hate you so bad right now for this and for us not working out, I can't do that to our daughter. Right. And I won't take her across the country where she's going to grow up never seeing a dad. And so I stayed, but I had no family. I had no help. Well, that's really big of you, I think, because I think a lot of people would say, I don't have anyone here. I need help. I'm going home regardless yeah. of. Well, here's the deal too. I loved, love, love Utah. And at this point in my life, I knew there's really nothing back home for me um, in the sense of like all of my friends at that age, they were all in college or doing their thing or, and here I was like this super young mom. Young mom. Yeah. And so in my head, I was just like, what the hell am I going to go back there? Like, Hey guys, what's up? And Hey, I brought my child with brought me. my baby. Like <laughs> I'm my only... baby to this party. Right. And yeah. So I, there was a big part of me that did want to stay, but here's the thing. And, and I've had a few friends that I've kind of told this to like, who are feeling scared and just are kind of like, I just, I don't think I can make it out there. And you know, all these what ifs that are going through their head, but they're so miserable in their relationship, right? It's like, you don't even understand how poor I was. You don't even understand for a second how poor I was. I got this apartment. Oh, like you said, you said most people would have said, oh, I don't have anybody here. Like I need help. Yeah. Peace out. That's where I I'm went done. to him. I said, listen, these are my two options. I either jump on a plane and I have to go back home because I have nothing here or you're going to step up and you're going to have our daughter every single night while I go bust my ass waitressing for money. And he did. And he did. I said, you know, I don't want to take you. her from you. I would never do that, no matter where we are in life right now. But I, I need you to help and be the dad. And he was. He did. He stepped up. And he's always been a great dad, is the thing. Uh, and I did. I waitressed every night at Chili's. I waitressed down at Chili's. And... <laughs> every night and he would come to my apartment after work and he would put her to bed and he would sit there until I got off work at 11 midnight came home and we would just switch every night I was so that's amazing poor. seriously that's like an amazing that's a co-parenting dream right oh my there gosh. well the thing is when you're in that situation though you freaking hate each other well of I, course you do <laughs> you know so you're making you're, it work for your child yeah. So it's kind of one of those things where you would like walk past each other at the door and just like flip them off at, you know, when you got on the other Get end. But no, we've come a long way. But I mean, my point is I was so poor. This is my situation. I had this small, you know, almost one-year-old child in this three-bedroom apartment. I knew nobody. I had nothing. 
I had a literally a boom box, a purple, like remember the radios and we were still putting like CDs oh, yeah. in it. Okay. That yeah, was I back had one then. Of those. Yep. Yeah. I'm sure all of you out there listening are old enough to remember what a CD <laughs> is. <laughs> what? What is that? What's a CD mom? Uh, so I had a boom box. I had a blow up mattress for my bed and I had my daughter's furniture, like crib and stuff. That's it, girl. Not a table, not furniture, nothing nothing because that was kind of tricky long story short our furniture that we had gotten was a wedding gift from his parents they had uh, kind of I had eat, some of those yeah yep. it was kind of like well that's our stuff we got you it's yeah I didn't get my dining table either because of that yeah so I had nothing I honestly at one point do you remember those places do they even still exist like the rent-a-center yeah, where I think the interest still out there. is psychotic. It's absolutely crazy, and you could pay for whatever you rented, like yes, and two you pay, or three times. Yeah, you pay weekly for like whatever you need. I mean, they had it. It, it ranged from like a microwave to washer and dryer to a couch situation. Yeah. Well, I was like that young dumb idiot who was just like, I'm gonna go down to Rena Center and like get me a couch. And I remember it had like zebra pillows and stuff, Ooh. and it was super cool. Yeah, that lasted about two weeks, and then I was so broke ass poor. They, I. I will never forget this day when the Renda Center guys came and took back my furniture after only two weeks. And I was like, well, and They're honestly, serious. they are real serious. And it was so sad. <laughs> it's some serious business. And I just remember sitting on my little apartment floor crying, feeling like there were some months girl where it was like, do I buy food or do I pay my car payment? Like that's how poor I was. But guess what? That passed. You it know, does. It passes. And I got through that really shitty time. And so I look at the people who are like way more established and maybe would get way more child support in their situations or who be, are like, uh, I would only be walking away from this marriage with like 10 grand a month. Yeah. Where I'm like, okay, girl, girl, get out. Girl, you got this. Like, (laughs) you know, you don't need rent a center. Well, the thing is too, like when you go through those shitty situations, you come out as a stronger person. That is what builds you. And that, you know, you, you learn to rely on yourself and you learn how strong you really are. And yeah, it sucks when you're going through it, but you can look back and say, I did this. Yeah. I know I can survive and I can make it through and it's better. And here I am today because I bettered my situation, even though it was sucky for a while I got here. And honestly that if anyone follows our Instagram, that's why I'm such a great dancer. (laughs) <laughs> because I had a lot of practice with my CDs and my foom box. Oh, I thought you were going to say you started stripping for money. <laughs> I probably would have made so much more. <laughs> I you would have been able to afford that couch for sure. Damn it, Rent-A-Center. I totally... <laughs> I would have had those zebra pillows for as long as I wanted. I probably would have just stripped for the Renaissance guys. Just got like, just a leave the couch, leave the couch, <laughs> leave the couch, baby. I, I click, I click the play on my boom box. Like, <laughs> the song they come in, you're like, hold on. Let's see if we can make a deal. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh I love gosh. it. Okay. So moving on money, kids, what else do people stay for? Here's one. Here's one. Okay. How do I want to put this? Like the, the, how do you say it? Like the distant love or like what you used to have, what you like had the, the idea of what you used to have. Yes. I think a lot of people stay for like, what if we could get back there? Could we get back there? And that kind of holds you on longer. Does that make I sense? think so. I think that definitely for, for me, for sure, that was one of the things like, well, not that even our marriage started out great. Cause I don't think it did, but you know, when we were dating, things were good. And so when you're, when I was in that marriage, I kept thinking things have got to get better. You know, we're going to start understanding each other. We're going to start like figuring out this marriage thing and things are going to get better. You know, they're going to be like they were when we were dating and they just don't, they don't. My husband always, (laughs) he tells people, he actually had a friend call him a year or two ago and say that she had gotten engaged, but there were there were some issues, some, in, in all honesty, there were red flags. Yeah. And she was recognizing them, but kind of downplaying them. And my husband just said, look, you're dating right now. This is basically your honeymoon phase. Yeah. Like, he will do more for you right now than he's ever going to do in your marriage. (laughs) You know, like like, if there's already red flags. Yeah. If there's already things that are going on like this, 
get out. Like, do not marry him because you go above and beyond when you're dating someone or when you're first married. And then things just start getting like, Oh, we're getting comfortable. We're getting used to each other. That just, it just does dwindle. And so, Oh yeah. If it's it's going to die out when you're dating, it's see ya, like (laughs) get out now. Exactly. So yeah, I think that kind of idea, maybe, um, comfort, comfort definitely keeps people there. I'm just comfortable. This is what I know. I think sometimes people can grow apart for so long mm-hmm. and kind of coexist for so long. And I know I have some scenarios out there like oh, this I of, do too, of sure. good friends. Yeah. That it's like, you're, you're just comfortable and you're coexisting for so long that it's just what you know. And so it's almost just easier to kind of stick with that than. Well, it's like a you know. job too. You know, I have a lot of friends that they've even been offered other jobs at better pay it. The whole situation is better, but it's the fear of the unknown. Yeah. So they just stay in that job that they're just complacent at. Things aren't really going well, but they're not going to get fired. They're not going anywhere. They're not going to move up. So they're just complacent. And it's like, well, I don't really know what's going to happen over at this other job, or yeah. I don't want to put myself out there for a new job. So I'm just going to stay here, even though I'm not going anywhere. Oh my gosh. I love that analogy. It's so perfect. It's I love the word complacent. That's exactly what it is. When you are, you just articulate so much better than me. Oh, whatever. Your words (laughs) you have. (laughs) No, complacent though. That's great. That's exactly what it is. Just you get comfortable in your own space and you don't want to go have to figure out what else is out there. If there's anything else out there, that that is very scary. It is. It absolutely is. I think one of the big things, especially too, if you are a, a mom or you have children or I, maybe not even, well, who's going to take on my kids? That's a huge that is, fear. That is a big fear. Yeah. Well, and it's always the fear of, well, I'm going to start dating someone and how do I even know if they're going to be good to my kids yeah. or if they're going to, you always fear like telling someone that you have kids and they're like, peace, I'm out. I don't want kids, you know, oh, or yeah. letting someone into your lives that might harm your kids. Like that's a big yeah. fear as well, you know? Well, and I mean, for, I mean, personally, I, I was so insecure with my story. It was like, how would I be divorced two times? Who the hell is going to ever want me again? Like on paper, that looks so terrible. Two divorces. I I always want you. I know you do. (laughs) Now Mark does, I guess. (laughs) No, but you know, when you're in that, right. For the people out there listening to this, that are just in that zone where you're staying even though you really don't want to. And I'm sure so much of this is going through your head, right? And just know, I mean, Whit and I have been in these places and we've felt these emotions and these feelings and, you know, we relate to that so hugely. And those, that really is just a big, a big thing. Everything is so fearful. Everything is just, you're what ifing everything. Oh yeah. And I think something that you have to learn is you almost, you have to step out of a relationship, marriage, whatever it is. Okay. Partnership. You have to step out being okay, being by yourself. You have to be at that place because you might not meet someone for a long time. Yeah. It could be years down the road. Yeah. And so you almost have to get to a place first where you're like, no, I'm, I'm just okay being by myself. And some people are, some people end relationships and are like, get the hell out of here. I don't want another relationship for a long time. Yep. Right. And then other people like me personally, I wanted that love. I wanted that relationship. I wanted that family. And so that was one of my fears that kept me there is what if I don't find anybody? What if I'm alone? What if he moves on first? That's a huge fear that kept me. Well, yeah, because even if you don't want the other person anymore, just the fact that what if they move on first and someone wants to be with them and no one wants to be with me? Oh, yeah. It's like it wasn't even about him. It's like I knew. Irrational, (laughs) but. Oh, it totally is. It's like I don't want you, but I don't want you to want anyone else either because I was never good enough in this relationship, you know, sort of thing. Um, oh, I want to ask you this, Whit, because I think what a religion, what about religion? Do people, do you feel like a lot of people stay religiously? Was that a thing for you? I know last week we talked about, it was a big thing for me. Um, especially growing up religious, you know, in a religious household. And then also in the religion that I did, I can't really speak for other religions. Um, but I know for the LDS religion or the Mormon religion, that was a big deal because we, 
I say we, I'm no longer um, a believing member, but the LDS community believes that if you get married in the temple, you are marrying that person for time and all eternity, meaning you're marrying them in this life and the next. So you are being sealed to them in both lives. You're supposed to be married in the afterlife as well. So to end a marriage and to break that up is, and especially when you have kids added into that, cause you're supposed to have these kids with you in the afterlife as well. That's a big, that's a big fearful thing for a lot of people. Well, it's a belief in the religion that you are all sealed together. Exactly. You are all sealed. So now you're breaking up an eternal family. And how does that work? I don't know. No one can really explain it, but yeah. that's, you know, so then you're left going, oh my gosh, now, so now I've broken up my family or, you know, that that's a big fear I know in, and then also the stigma that goes along with it of people going, oh my gosh, well, you know, what happened and, yeah. you know, like that's a big fear as well, especially I think in a religious community while you are supposed to be married to this person forever. Well, that's something that was even in my head too was image. A lot of people stay for image and that mm-hmm. goes right along with that. The image of like what you're supposed to be and, you know, whether it's religious beliefs or whatever it is, image is a huge one. I think especially well, yeah. people that are really wealthy probably feel like, you know, what, what am I trying to say, right? Like, well, I think even status, now in the day status. with social media, I think it makes that a little bit harder to leave as well because no one's putting out on social media that they're, that they're in a shitty relationship or that they're <laughs> being abused or like people hide those things. Yeah. You put on your best face pretty much on social media. So people are thinking, I mean, I, I know a few people that they've put out that their relationship on, on social media looks perfect. And yes. then you find out later that things are not good behind closed doors. Yeah. Well, I think you have those shocking stories yeah. too, where you think people are so legit on social media. Like, and, and they're even the people you're scrolling and being like, eh, good for them. <laughs> oh, they're always confessing their love for each other. Oh, good for you. You like verbal <laughs> stud. That's just <laughs> saying all this crap about your perfect wife. Right. And then you find out that like all of a sudden they're going through a divorce and you're like, what the what? what? Like what just what? I thought exactly. you guys were just on like a boat and your hair was flying in the wind and you were spooning and everything was like, great. I don't, I don't even know. That's spooning just, on a boat, you know, well, you, you know what it I mean. happens. Yeah. I mean, that's my <laughs> fantasy is just spooning on a boat. <laughs> you know, my relationship hit an all new level when my next post is spooning on a boat. <laughs> I legit am going to go fishing or something this summer with Mark and just make him spoon and take like a selfie just to put that on there. And everyone <laughs> that hears this episode is going to know what I'm doing. No, but you know, I think, yeah, this but it is scary because you put out, you put out to the world, this false reality that you're really happy and then reality hits and you're getting divorced. And now you have to kind of put out there that that wasn't, that wasn't true. Yeah. I do think people stay a little longer due to the image that they're portraying as yeah. well. Well, I think some of that is honestly even like denial too. Or maybe, you know, people go through an argument or have a fight and then they make up and it's like you're feeling that love and so you want to plaster that mushy post all over the thing, you know. And But some of it might be a little bit of that denial. I was talking, excuse me, talking to somebody one time about this exact situation. And that's kind of what this other individual I was talking to had said. Like, I think some of it's denial to where, is denial the right word? Like to where they're going through all this stuff, but they almost feel like, well, if I put it out there to the world that we're okay, we're We're going to be okay. okay, Yeah. You know? So that's definitely a huge one too. I don't know. And I mean, I think bottom line with that is it's sometimes it's for the best. Absolutely. Get the divorce. Absolutely. As scary as as it is, and there are, like we said earlier, there's a lot of fears of ending a relationship, whether you're living with someone, a longtime partner, or you're married, or whatever the situation is. Like it's always a little fearful getting divorced. We know that. Oh yeah. But it it is a lot of the times for the best. If if you're trying and things aren't working out move on. And I know it's scary, but yeah, get out. 
it's so much better to get out than to stay in the misery, even in the coexisting state, I truly feel like. Because as a woman, I think even men out there, you know, everybody as a human at the end of the day, like does want love for yeah. the most part, most people, I think. Well, absolutely. People, we need connection. We need to be needed and wanted. Yes. And, yeah. And so I think for me personally, looking back all those years of just kind of staying and not being fully happy mm -hmm. because every relationship is difficult. I don't care who you are. Oh yeah. No we've, one's relationship is perfect. We've both moved on and are now remarried again and still in our relationships have things that we can talk about, joke about, bitch about whatever. Yep. But at the end of the day, like when you find that relationship to where even when things are difficult, you're, you're not coexisting. Mark and I are not perfect individuals. We have arguments. I don't care who you are. Like people have things, right. That yep. you have to work through in marriage. Every relationship's difficult. But at the end of the day, I, I see the big difference in even at our worst things that we've gone through, I can sit and say, no, I want this person though. I want this person. And I love this person. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, no matter what, I want to be here and be with you. And so if, if you're there and you're in that place, you know, seek out the help, get the counseling, get the thing, whatever the issue is, you can get the help. But if you're in a place where you are just like, I don't, I don't love this person. I don't want to be with this person. I'm really just kind of doing this because the face, the kids, whatever it is. Yeah. You know, maybe. Yeah. And I have to commend people that, you know, that the, there wasn't a big thing in the relationship. You know, the people that, you know, they didn't go through an affair. They didn't go through, they didn't go through anything major, but they're both just not happy yeah. to end it. Because I think that's where people become really complacent and just coexist. Like, yeah. Well, we're married. We're just going to make this work, even if that's living our own separate lives. So I commend people that can realize that and get out because there, there's happiness on the other side and you don't, you just don't know it until you get out of the situation. Yeah. And I, there was always a part of me personally that kind of feared, what if I wake up one day at 50, 60 years old and just realize, oh my gosh, I was never really fully happy. Mm -hmm. I never really fully knew what it was like to be with my best friend or to be in a relationship where th it worked, you know, and that, that was kind of my driving thing to where it, I finally just felt like this, this isn't good. We gotta, we gotta do something about this. Um, yeah. So I think those are a bunch of reasons why do people stay? What about when you finally decide to make that move and to get out and to get the divorce, break up end the relationship, whatever your situation is out there, you know, then you kind of move into that scenario and what now? Yeah, well, I know for me, at least, when we finally made the decision, okay, yes, we are going to get divorced. We actually just went online and found divorce papers, and we went through them separately, but then kind of talked about them. That's a thing. Yeah. Online? Yeah, you can, you can find, I think... Every state has like divorce papers online that you can literally just get on and fill out. Well, maybe not every state, but I know Utah what? is one, but we did that. But then there's a lot of legal language in there that we're like, oh, we hope we're filling these out correctly. <gasps> so we insane. decided to go that. to mediation and have, you know, a mediator go through them and just make sure we had filled them out correctly. And that if there was any questions, especially if you have children, make sure that you get a third party involved because there's oh, yeah. a lot with holidays and going back and forth and you you know you want to make sure that you're both getting what you want out of stuff make sure that there's a third party going to a mediator was the best plan for us even though we literally agreed pretty much on everything we were both just ready to part ways it yeah. was good for someone to come in and say well have you thought of this situation have you thought of this situation yeah because sometimes you don't you don't you don't especially when you're in that I feel like you're judgment is so clouded that yeah. sometimes you cannot think through to certain things in the future. You just can't. Well, they get so technical too. It's like, okay, what about the third year of grandparents day? Who gets the kid then? And you're like, what the, I don't even care about that day. <laughs> what <laughs> holiday are we on now? What yeah. No, I, I do remember that. So my first, um, divorce, with my oldest daughter, we just had a mediator. We were super young. We kind of, we didn't have this big, like, 
uh, we're fighting over all this stuff. I mean, it was really right. just her. Same thing. Mediator. I did not know you could do anything online. That's really interesting to me. Um, don't worry, guys. I'm never getting divorced again. I'll be in prison first before that happens. I'll <laughs> murder him. No. Um, but P.S. If he ever gets murdered, it wasn't me. Just I didn't do anything. Throw, throw that out there. Clean. <laughs> <laughs> We're out to the world. Um, no. And so we did mediation, and that's the kind of stuff I realized was like, what they bring up all this stuff that you're going. Holy crap. I never even thought about any of these days. I don't care. I don't care about these days, but they almost make you think about it. So it's huge. And then my second divorce, we, it was way more legal because we had a lot more at stake. We owned a home, cars, a business. Um, you know, I, yeah. Well, and more kids on top of it. And yeah, kids on kids on kids. And that's right. You know, and so we definitely had a lawyer, but it was also pretty civil to where we had to agree on, all of that stuff too. And so, yeah, that's a whole different thing, right? It's not just like, oh, we're breaking up, you know, but even for the people that aren't married, but have kids together, because my husband now wasn't married to my stepdaughter's mom at all. Right. And they just kind of went their separate ways when, after she was born. And that was a huge thing too, is he always kind of looks back and is like, oh, maybe I should have like, we didn't really do a whole lot like legal. Nothing wise. was planned. Yeah. Yeah. They had, I think a little mediator, but nothing was legal out of it. And so then what happens is as the child gets older and some things come about or, you know, s- dividing time or whatever, it is literally just all like hope to God, everybody agrees on this shit yep. or, it's or you're in trouble fan. and it's messy. Yeah. Yep. Whereas my situation's just like legally, even if I hate you, I have to send my kids to you or vice versa, you know? Yeah, no, and my uh, my cute sister-in-law, she um, had a little girl with a with a boyfriend. And when things didn't work out between them, they, they did go through legal stuff to make sure that, you know, things were fair for the child, you yeah. know, going back and forth. And I think that's very smart. So if kids are involved at all, definitely get some oh, yeah. legal counsel. Never trust that that other person is going to give no, you what you want. No, because they don't have your best interest in mind. They have their <laughs> no, own. Exactly. You know, so yeah, definitely don't trust that. <laughs> yeah, you need that in writing for sure. Um, so yeah, the lawyers, the legal process, I think you kind of go through that. And there are so many different scenarios, even in this, that just range from people that are legit, their divorce takes years because they're just fighting over every nitty gritty detail. So much money spent over stuff. So yeah. much money. And then you have situations where it's more just like, I just want out of this. Like We're just done. Let's and I'm agree. Over it. Yep. You have the house and the whatever. You, you want your PlayStation? Okay. Take it. Yeah. Right. Like you can even have all the controllers. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep one just out of spite. Just out of spite. I'm taking that damn controller. <laughs> Is that what you did with? <laughs> I hit all of them. <laughs> No, uh, yes, you kind of go through all of that, sharing kids. I mean, we are going to definitely have an episode in the future on blending. We are both a blended family. And what comes with all of that fun stuff, sharing kids, arguing. Oh, man. That's a fun one. Yeah, arguing over things uh, during it. It's probably one of the craziest emotions because you're hurt and then your hurt almost turns to anger. Oh, it definitely does. That. Yeah. And bitterness and resentment. And then I feel like when it's all kind of said and done, you kind of transition back into the hurt almost. Yeah. Even though those it's other It's a feelings, roller coaster ride. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, we, uh, we actually are going to bring a guest on. We have a guest today. And wait, why don't you tell a little bit about our guest we have coming. All right. So we have a guest, Scott, who is coming on. We're very grateful for him to come on. He's going to tell a brief um, little backstory to what he's going through. He's currently going through a divorce right now. So um, we're just going to talk to him about kind of his process and the emotions of going through a divorce. So let's bring on Scott. What's up, Scott? Say hi to everybody out there. Hi, everybody. Happy to be here. All right, Scott, so give us like a brief rundown of your kind of your backstory, your situation. Tell us what's going on here. So I met my soon-to-be ex-wife way back in 2009. We dated a couple of years, split, had life, had our different life situations, lived, learned. We ended up getting back together. We, not long after that, we ended up having a quick courthouse marriage, 
pretty secret. Why I know we, how those go. While we planned our big destination wedding, had that, and then after that, I found out she cheated, and one thing led to another. Now we're getting a divorce. Okay, that's a lot in a very brief, <laughs> brief moment. <laughs> so Scott, your first wedding, the actual courthouse, February. Yes. Of last year, which was what two thousand. 2018 18 and then august destination wedding of the same year yes and then when did you find out she was cheating on you it was november about two months after we got back from our destination wedding was when i found out okay so scott i mean this he is in the the heat of this right now so this is just this last year uh around thanksgiving so okay let's tell viewers i know that they're going to want to know this how did you find out I found out by receiving a Facebook message from the guy she was cheating with's ex-wife. Okay. So his ex-wife contacted you, told you, hey, listen, this is, this is going on. You should know. Yeah. She told me that her kids told her so her kids knew what was happening as well. So kids were like, oh, daddy's got a girlfriend. Yes. And told mom. And then mom, mom came to you. Mom did some creepy Facebook stalking. <laughs> Don't we all? I love creepy Facebook stalking. We absolutely do. So I think another question that maybe people are going to want to know is, were you shocked or did you see signs? What was going on? I was absolutely shocked. That was that was about the most blindsided I think I've, I've ever been. So how how did you handle it? Did you confront her? Did you keep it? Like, okay, I don't think that this is really going on. Or at that point, was it like, oh, okay, now things make sense why this is going on. And did you just immediately believe it, I guess, is what I'm getting at. The night I found out, I I did immediately believe it. And his ex-wife gave me his address. So I ended up trying to confront both of them at the same time. But Oh, yeah, that's what I was going to ask. So when she told you... What did you, what did you do? Did you, were they somewhere? Did you try to find, like, were you with her? Like, where were you when you found this out from the ex-wife? I was at our house and she was gone. She, she so the ex-wife gave me the address and I said, what the hell? Drove over there and her car was in his driveway. All right, man. What'd you do? You Now you got to tell everybody what you did now because. I knocked on the door, rang the doorbell. It was 1130 at night and nobody came to the door. They knew they were busted. They were hiding. You think they didn't answer on purpose? Oh, I would I would put money on that they knew that it was me and they knew that I knew. Oh, man. I mean, on a serious note, though, what, what was going through your head, I mean, that, in that moment? I think the better question is what wasn't going through my head. There was, there was denial because she'd promised when we got back together that she wouldn't do this. There was anger that this could happen. There was fear of what was next, that it, that it was actually true. Just the whole list of everything that was bad. And so did you see her car there? I mean, you knew. You knew she's here. Yeah, her car was in his driveway. Plain you, as day. So what did you do and nobody answers? I just went home and tried to figure out what to do. Tried to call her, tried to text her. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Man, listen, you're pretty you're pretty strong because I think most people would have ended up, I mean, I probably would have went to jail from like. <laughs> Britt's definitely breaking in somewhere. No, I would have been jacking a window and probably <laughs> killing, trying to, no, I would have, I would have went down pretty scrappy. Like, I'm not even going to lie. Like, I don't. I probably would have busted in. A, a girl fight is definitely going on for Brittany. <laughs> no, listen, like I, that, that, I don't even know, man, for you to know that you just kind of walked away and went home and I know you were hurt, but was there a part of you? I think people want to know this. Like, is there a part of you that just wanted to like beat some ass? Like what? There, there was a big part of me that wanted to beat wholesale ass, but. Like, just kill people? <laughs> not, not that extreme, but show them how serious what was happening is not even a slash tire like nothing i i'm not going to jail for property damage if i'm going to go i'm going to go for something serious oh my <laughs> gosh you're so classy i would have went full on like carrie underwood song <laughs> britney spears all of it 
just all I would have I would have written probably in blood on the front steps. I mean, honestly, like just but, went nuts. But nobody else was there, so it would have been my own blood if I did that. Yeah. <laughs> Who even knows? No, but um, that's it's tragic, man. It's tragic. I mean, all laughs aside, it's not a funny thing. It's 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 a really serious situation. So you go home, and and then what? Later, later that night, about an hour and a half later, she ends up coming home, and I'm sitting on the couch, and I said, "Sit down. We're talking." And she knows that I know. And to this day, she still won't admit to my face that she actually did it because she feels like since I already know that she doesn't have to tell me. Which is a big thing because when my ex and I were going to counseling after my affair, that was something that the counselor kind of explained to me because at the time, you know, I, I'm angry. I, you know, and I have made this huge mistake as well. So I'm also embarrassed and I'm hurt by things that have gone on in our marriage. But one thing that our counselor said is he basically has a right to ask any question that he feels he needs to ask to rebuild this trust. So whether you find the question ridiculous because they're already aware of the answer or whatever it is, they need to ask these questions so you can rebuild trust. And that's kind of the thing. Like you do need to tell you do need to confess to it. I mean, that's kind of a first step, right? No matter if the other person knows or not, like that's a big thing to have them hear come out of your mouth. Yeah. And I, I definitely asked questions that to, to her seemed ridiculous, but to me, I felt like they needed to be asked. And the only two things she said was, I don't want to be married anymore. And we need, we should get divorced so you can find somebody better. That's, that's all. That all. That's the only thing, two things she said to me when she came home that night. Well, I mean, obviously guilt to say to somebody, I just feel like you deserve better. That's always kind of like a guilt kind of based sentence, if you will, right? I mean, you know, you did something wrong. It's almost like a, I don't know, is that like a defense mechanism? Like you should just go get someone better. You know, you deserve someone better. But then also saying, I just don't want to be here anymore is, man, it just pisses me off. It's definitely a defense mechanism by her telling me that I should find somebody better and not admitting to what actually happened because that would make it real to her. Which is so stupid. It's like her car was there. If you can't, how can you not even at that point, I feel like you have to sit there and say and admit to it, you know, you you should, but sometimes that doesn't happen. Well, it's hard. It's a hard thing to admit even to yourself sometimes that okay yeah i've done this thing that's going to hurt so many people it's it's easier to just say well you already know so just brush it off let it go i don't need to say it out loud because you're right it makes it real it makes it i don't know it it's just more hurtful to even consider saying that out loud right so i mean that makes sense but it also makes sense that the other person needs to hear you say those words. Like that's the first step to moving forward. Yeah. That's the first step to build trust is to be able to hear somebody admit that, that they did something that that's shitty. But in your situation wit, because I feel like it is, I mean, you, I love this dynamic of having the reason we wanted to bring Scott on is because he is on the other side of what we talked about last week and what Whitney opened up about personally with her story. He is on the other end of that story. Right. And so I think the interesting thing is, is, you know, as much as we can sit here and say, Oh, that just pisses me off or this and that Whit, in your situation though, if your ex had kind of found out, right, because he had suspicions or had asked you before, you know, is there something going on? What's going on with you guys? Like we said, but if he would have found out and came to you and found you somewhere with Brad, right? Just caught red handed. Does it change? I mean, don't you think at that point, like, yeah, she doesn't want to admit it, but don't you think you kind of have to, I mean, if you're caught red handed, you kind of, kind of have to at that point. Yeah, I think you you kind of have to, especially depending on how red-handed you're caught, right? But I think it's I think it's just very much a defense mechanism to say you already know. You already know. I don't I don't need to say that out loud. I mean, okay. I can definitely see being caught red-handed and that being the answer because it's at that point it's like, why do you want me to say it? You're well aware. Why why should I have to say this out loud? So, it's definitely a defense mechanism for sure. Okay, Scott, so you have this conversation with her and then where does it kind of go from here? So the next day I 
went to work, waited for her to go to, to her work, came back, and I'm I moved out. That's what had happened was game set match, and then how she reacted was just icing on the cake. I was I felt like there was no want for me to be there there was no desire for me to be there so i just said if you don't want me here i'm not going to be here yeah just up and out and so scott does not share any children or anything like that but something we were talking about in this episode is you know having to kind of share when you do split right things that you have to split between assets, kids, all that stuff, kind of the dirty details of it. Do you feel like, did you guys do mediation? Did you have actual lawyers? Where did you go? I mean, Whitney taught me tonight that you can just get online and there's divorce papers on there. Do it all online, baby. I do not recommend that. But (laughs) I I planned on going that route. But then after everything happened, I got insecure and asked her friend about the guy and ended up spilling the beans to one of her friends that she worked with every day. So after she found that out, she threatened to sue me. And that's when I hired a lawyer, even though I already had papers drawn up and had a lawyer review them and tell me they were good. Isn't it interesting? Something you just said is that you got insecure and felt like you needed to go and ask a friend that she worked with about this guy. I think in situations like this, you will go to such desperate lengths to just understand why, how, why is this person better than me? You know, what did I do wrong? Such desperate lengths, honestly. And so we want to talk about some of those emotions. And I know this is hard for you, man. You're, you're in it right now. You're going through this. And I think for Wit and I, our situations happened so many years ago that we get it and we relate to it. But we're also in like such a different stage of life that I think it's so great to have you on with us. And we're so appreciative that you can share your story for anyone listening out there that is on their couch, in their car driving, whatever they're doing right now in it like you are that maybe had a spouse just walk out on them that maybe has their marriage ending right now and they're going through it yeah anyone out there whose life is falling apart you know who can relate to to what you're going through so tell us some of the emotions what are some of the biggest emotions scott when you are just home in bed at the end of the night like what are what are some of the things that just hit you man i think the biggest one that hit me literally almost like a truck was inadequacy it was like we did all this stuff. Harding got married so she could have insurance, plan this giant wedding on a, the beaches in Hawaii, and then just to turn around and we'd just be like, nah, I want somebody else. It's just, it's, there's a giant inadequacy there. And wondering, there's a, there's a wondering, like, what what does he have that I don't? And just there's it just brings up a lot of fear. And, like, and everybody's got insecurities, and something like this just magnifies them by 100. It It's so difficult, man. Like, Listen, I'm somebody that has struggled a long time in my life with insecurity and not feeling attractive enough or not feeling all these things, right? That is probably the biggest one when I think your relationship ends because all those things are going through your head. I mean, first of all, in your situation, you know she's been with somebody else. So that right there is just the nail in the coffin for me. And because there actually is a physical person that you now have to compare yourself to, right? And some of us go through addiction in our marriages, if there's pornography, if there's things where it's like imagery, right? But when you cross and go to that actual physical person, um, that's huge in the insecurity department and what that can do to you. It literally rip you to shreds and destroy you. And so do you feel like some of that or because it's also interesting woman versus man, Right. I'm a girl and I know a lot of girls kind of struggle with the emotional side of it. Most men are just like, oh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Right. How are you? I would consider myself a little more emotional than the normal man, which is not really fun to say in front of two two women. But hey, there's way more than two women. Listen to this, buddy. (laughs) And we love the women love to hear that. Don't you worry. (laughs) But there was there's insecurities just knowing that there's a physical an emotional and a mental connection with somebody else when you're at home wanting that from your new new bride is it's that's that's the part that i think got me the most insecure was like i had this and i only had it for just a minute yeah and now and now it's gone now somebody else has what i put all the work and effort into now i think people are going to want to know because you just said that is she still with this individual i cannot answer that. I'm not 100% sure. Okay. 
I think that was just something I think people would probably wonder if it's it's best for me and my mental state not to know and to do my best not to worry about it. So do you guys speak? Are you on speaking terms? Where are you at present time? The last time we spoke was when she told me she was going to make the mediation appointment. And that was about five weeks ago. And so have you had mediation yet? Negative. Mediation is in about three weeks. Okay. So you really are, you're ready in a few weeks to go sit there and kind of go through all this shit that Wit and I were just talking about what people have to like sit and kind of go through. I don't know how ready I am to go through it, but I'm ready to be done with this chapter and move on to the next one and start working towards being being better and more happy than I am right now. Yeah, I think that was the hardest part of my divorce was the roller coaster ride of, are we going to work it out? Or are we not going to work it out? And then once a decision was made, it was like, okay, well, now at least I have a direction to go. And then after mediation, it was kind of like, okay, now that's done. That's kind of out of the way. As much as this whole thing sucks and has been hurtful and everything else, I can now move forward with my life. This is kind of the final chapter of of this relationship. Yeah, because we did, we went, did the back and forth on trying to make it work. Well, I feel like I did a lot more. You put of, a lot of effort into that? I put a lot, lot of effort. Some would say more than I should have. And more than was deserved, but well, it's good. It's good to never walk away from a relationship and then think I probably could have done more. It's better to do everything that you and your heart know that you could, and know that nothing you could put into it was going to make it work, than to walk away and go, "Oh, what if? What if we had done this or that?" So I commend you for that because that's huge. And I, I don't go to bed at night wondering what what I could have done or what if I could have done more. I. I know that I did and offered up and was completely honest with everything and and truly that's at the peak of it. I really wanted to make it work, but just everything that happened and how she reacted and everything, how, how her responses were just, she didn't want to put the work in. Yeah. Well, I commend you also for knowing when it was time to walk away because I feel like there are some times where we just hold on, hold on to something, even though it's not good and it's not a good situation, but it's kind of like we were talking earlier. It's just the fear of the unknown. And so you hold on to something that you really shouldn't. And you just say, okay, no, we're going to work through this. We're going to work through this. And uh, they're giving me a little, so they're kind of dragging me along. So I'm just, I'm going to keep going with it, hoping that things are going to work out. And, and really you just sometimes have to say, this isn't healthy for me. It's not healthy for you. This really needs to end. And so I think that's really big of you to see this isn't working out. It's time to move on. Well, that wasn't even me. It was her choice to make the mediation appointment. And I just have to accept that she was ready to, to move on and start her own new chapter as well. And that was that was really hard step to take for me. It's a hard, hard pill to swallow sometimes. But even just saying that, that you realize that for her, she is ready to move on and there's nothing more you can do. That's pretty mature honestly i think one of the things too is uh, i always think about the depression versus the freedom you have kind of the stages you have to go through when people end a relationship or go through a divorce and there's different stages of it you've got the denial you've got the anger and the resentment you have the bargaining depression and acceptance so kind of like what was just saying you kind of get to a point where you have to realize like all right i've got to I got to deal with this. I've got to move forward because um, sometimes it is. It's out of your control. It's out of your control. Uh, the bargaining phase, I think, is something that was huge when you have a situation where you're married or you're in a relationship or you share kids for a long time and you kind of get, uh, I was reading up on this the other day. It's kind of interesting. You get to those places where you're like, okay, well, if you just stay, I'll do this or I'll make this change or I'll be better or I'll, you know, and we kind of went through that for a few years. And at the end of the day, like sometimes it doesn't work out. But I think as long as people are doing everything that you, you know, can do and you can walk away, like you said, saying, I did everything I could do. I was honest in all of my endeavors on my end. I did what I had to do. You know, sometimes it is just a shitty hand that is dealt to you. And you have nothing else to do but to move on, you know? That's right. So, um, Scott, is there anything that you would want to give any advice to anyone going through the same situation that you are or even going through a divorce right now? Do you have any pieces of advice for 
for anyone in that situation? If you're still with that person and feel like divorce is an option, definitely go find a couples therapy session and go through that. That's where we started. And I'm I'm currently still, every other week, I'm going to talk to that therapist. And it's been, it hasn't been a pleasant experience, but it's definitely been a learning experience. And it's most, most definitely the most healthy way to get through mentally this whole situation. I think that's excellent advice because, um, you know, you, we always recommend go to counseling together or whatever, but go to counseling by yourself, too. I That was huge for me when I was going through my divorce. My ex and I only went to one counseling session together, and then we went separately. And even though that one counseling session together was uh, it was actually really good, and it was really good for us to see kind of where each of us had flaws, but going by herself was huge. I learned so much about myself and was able to grow as a person exponentially because of counseling. So definitely continue to go or go by yourself after. Yeah, definitely go as a couple. If that's an option by yourself is is almost a must. There's, there's so many options. And if you find a therapist that doesn't really do it for you, find a new one. Oh yeah, man. I think I went through like six therapy therapists, to be honest, until I found one that was like, this is my jam and this is working for me. Yeah. You, to talk about this kind of shit that you have in your head and in, in your life, you definitely need to find somebody that you click with and you can have, you feel comfortable with. I do want to uh, kind of wrap this up with this question for you, man. You're not, it's not, it's not finalized yet, but do you have a place? Are you ever in a place where you are ready to kind of get out there again, find your person that is right for you? Or are you kind of one of those people that are like, uh, it's going to take me a while to get there? That's, I think about that every day. And it's, some days it's like, not yet, but some days it's like, man, I really wish I had a person. Yeah. Because it's all, everything is always better with that person. Because that's something that was kind of the roller coaster. Like Wit's situation is a little bit different where, you know, she had an affair, her marriage ended, but she did get to walk away with her husband that she is still married to currently. And that's not always the situation. I think a lot of people, it's like it ends and you're just out there on your own. And so for me, that was something I know that personally was a roller coaster of like some days I felt so depressed and down and miserable and just hated life, literally just hated life. There were days where I couldn't get off my couch at all. I was so heavily depressed, not because I lost the love of my life or anything like that. I knew it was shitty and I knew we both deserved better than that. But just this is such a natural thing that happens to you when you lose a relationship, right? And a marriage. And um, and so there were days where I was just like, I can't do this. And then there were days where I would have kind of those dreams, if you will, and those fantasies of like, finding that right person and being happy again or whatever. So I was just curious if you kind of are in that headspace yet or if it's still a little bit too fresh. It's it's still pretty fresh, but I I know that I still need to do things by myself and that'll give me time to reestablish who and remember who I am as just me and it, it also gives me time to 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 process my thoughts and then one thing that I've picked up in this whole experience is is audiobooks. There's so many books out there that can help you. And most of them don't sound like they're self-help books, but they can be. I just finished my fourth one over the, yesterday, actually. And it was, those are those have been helping me so much with my mental aspect and how I think about myself and how I look at tasks that I have to do, knowing that it's by myself. Um, Scott, you had said something to me one time that really, it always stuck with me, where you had said your mind can be the strongest tool for you or it can be what your biggest your your, your mind enemy. is the biggest tool you have but if you let it it can also be your worst enemy yeah. be- because it controls you but you don't realize that you control it right back yeah oh that's so powerful to me man because it really it's so true so true. It can take you down to the depths of hell. But if you do the things like you're saying, audiobooks, keep your mind in a strong place and you will eventually be able to come out of those places as long as you're using it as a tool for you. And there's going to be days where you don't think you can think positive about yourself or your situation. And those are the days that you absolutely have to. Well, man, listen, and now you have Brit and Wit to listen to and make you laugh and... <laughs> You know, I've listened to every episode, so 
And here I've, you are. I've I've cried through a couple. I've almost cried on this one. So let's do it. We uh we pay him. <laughs> not yet. He's not on payroll. Just kidding. <laughs> I've I've known Whitney a long time, so we go way back and. We do go way back. Scott was actually there for me when I was going through my divorce, and I was I was there for Whitney, and I was there for Brad That's because. Great. Not everybody knows that this that Whitney's situation was pretty hard on Brad as well. So it was. It was uh, the fact that I walked away with Brad is actually that's a story probably for another day. But that's amazing because the fact that he stuck through me, it, the whole thing was just really ugly. So anyway, I just want to wrap it up and say, Brittany and I have talked a lot about um, and Scott this this episode. We've talked a lot about you know reasons why people stay. You know, kind of going through a divorce. But I, I just want to throw out that you you know your situation the best. You know your relationship. You know what's gone on. No one else. It's the same piece of advice my grandpa gave me. No one else knows your relationship like you do. No one knows what was going on in there or what you went through. You have to do what's best for you. Do Do what's best for you, whether that's going to counseling or whether that's getting the hell out of a terrible relationship do what's best for you. Just know you're not alone. I know it feels extremely lonely when you're going through it. You feel like you're the only person in the world who this is happening to, but you're not alone. So many other people are going through the exact same situation you are. And Britt and I have both gone through similar situations. Divorce is rough and it, it, it's hard. Ending a relationship is hard, but you have to do what's best for you. And I promise as cliche as it sounds and as much as people hate to hear it there is going to be better days life continues on and you move forward and things get better this chapter ends the next one starts that's right also in the words of scott to wrap this up if you're gonna go to jail make it worth it (laughs) until next time guys let's get real